Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Unglamorous Truths with the Downtown Girls. This is an industry comedy podcast about making it in the business come hell or high water. I'm Crystal Boyd. I'm Chandra Russell. I'm another Diana. And we are the Downtown Girls. So, you know, the Downtown Girls, a little bit about us. We are real-life best friends. We met at NYU. And we became multi-hyphenate workers in the business together. (laughs) That's really what we are. We're workers. We act, we fuck. Yeah, so we do it all. But no, we mainly, you know, are a writing team that also acts. Um, Some some things we've done recently, you know, we worked um, on a show called Black Girl Magic. It was a pilot we sold to NBC with Gabrielle Union. Um, We have also written and developed many other TV pilots and some features. And also, uh, everyone here acts. You know, Chandra has been starring in Southside, also writing on Southside, something Mehmet and I recur on. Um, And these two have been in a show called Sherman Showcase. So there's plenty to discuss about the industry. So before we get into the nitty gritty, let's kick it off with just a fun little question. So my question to y'all is... If you could sit down for lunch with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Okay. So I'm going to go with a top three. Okay. Because this is like a very stressful question for me. So first I'm going to go with Kobe, Kobe Bean. Um, I don't think it's going to be the most fun Kiki because he's a very serious person, but I feel like I need some Mamba energy right now in my life. And mm. I just feel like I'll soak it up through osmosis. You know, I need Fair. that. I need that shark shit. Yeah. Um, Tim Burton. Um, Cause I think he's just a master of creating worlds and um, I want to become him. So I will sit with him, eat with him, eat him and become him. Phenomenal. And then my final one is Karen Legrandom Huger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Come you on, housewife. I love her. Because I think that would, it just would be such a kiki. It would be so fun. I just, oh, I just fucking love her. I thought we'd just have a good time. Yeah, we got, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I'm like vacillating between two people who are very different. Um, one would be Malcolm X. Mm. Y'all know. Stay. My. Mm-hmm. Self-proclaimed godfather. Day one. Uh, since day one, you know, the only poster I had on my wall in college. Yes, you did. Uh, just, you know, I really want to have some radical blackness in my life at a lunch. Mm. And I think he is the supreme of that. Um, and then Beyonce. I am really fascinated by this woman and all that she has, like, done in her life. Mm. And I want to get to know her as a person. That is just something that no one knows, which I love for her. Mm. But like, I want to kiki. Like, I, who are you as a girl? Yes, spill right. the tea. <laughs> I just want to pause a second because um, before we started this, she asked that neither of us say very prolific people, so that <laughs> she doesn't say trivial people and look stupid. And I just want everyone to recognize that she said Malcolm X and Beyonce, the biggest names <laughs> in the game. It be your own. Carry on, okay. I'm please. Dead. That's fine. <laughs> You know, so I would say since we're doing a few, I would say I, you know, we're starting our podcast. I'm in a podcast space. I listen to podcasts and I would say I would love to sit down and lunch with Crystal and Kid Fury. I mean, the duo from The Read. I think that they are so fucking bomb. I think they're so beautifully ratchet, sophisticated ratchet. Um, I feel like they have they are bone carriers and they have secrets about the industry. <laughs> I want to know about that. Um, and Crystal is a Virgo and she almost has my name and I feel like we would just understand each other. So hey girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one would be 
here's prolific or big name, um, Harriet Tubman. Really? I would like to sit down with Harriet Tubman. Oh my God. Okay. And I would, like to, I would like to ask <laughs> her a real question. Yes, she, she deserves a good I would like to give her a good meal. And like, a cocktail. And a okay. treat mm-hmm. after. She, gets, she needs to rest her weary feet. Mm-hmm. And I would like to ask her questions about the Underground Railroad and her narcolepsy, which I think is truly fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just need to know how she did it. Only, her, only I thought you were going to say Sojourner Truth, but I knew, oh, I knew the because I know you love her. I, I do. I have too. my Sojourner Truth cup. Mm-hmm. Black activist, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So now that we have gotten that out the way, um, welcome to our very first episode, gang. Yay! Yes. Today's episode is called The Magic Struggle Bus. So I know y'all have heard about the Magic School Bus. Shout out to Miss Frizzle. Um, but this is something slightly different. This one is called the Magic Struggle Bus, and it is about our journeys through the industry um, with the magic and the struggle. Um, and today we're just going to walk through kind of our journey together and the different pit stops along those uh, along that journey. Um, let's start with... Take us back in time. Let's let's yeah. start with, yeah, I'm going to guide us here. Uh, mm-hmm. This first moment is us graduating NYU. So we all went to NYU, and at graduation, Alec Baldwin spoke to us, and he spoke to the entire Tisch Auditorium, and he said, you all are going to be famous. You all will be stars. You guys mm-hmm. remember this moment? Yeah, he just okay. lied. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He, he blew, blew smoke up our asses. He, he lied mm-hmm. to us. Um, and But we believed it at the time. I, I felt like those were the words I needed to hear on the way out. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, here we go. Um, because they also like yeah. were like, this was the most competitive class yeah. that we've had in the history of NYU drama, yeah. <laughs> you guys really made it. Like, we have never received so many applications. So if you're sitting here today, like, you're a fucking winner. And I am a fucking winner, but in my own way, not the way that y'all thought. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the real world, slightly different. So, mind you, so we graduate. We're at the Tisch, you know, graduation. Um, mind you, we all didn't even go to the main We didn't graduation. go yeah. to NYU graduation. Like, there it was two, rainy. There's so yeah. many schools yeah. that, like, no. Oh, then I none of us went. went. I thought she was the only one that went. Oh, maybe, maybe to, to Yankee you know, Stadium. I, Yankee Stadium. Stadium. No, I tried to go, but guys, I didn't actually go because it was raining. It, it was. was terrible yeah, out, it was. and my mom didn't want to go. My mom was like, "I don't want to be here," and so we came back to the apartment because well. we were living in the Bronx at the time all together. So yeah. we just had a family event at the apartment. Yeah, we did. We tried, and then we were like, "Nah." But yeah, re- yeah regardless, so we graduate, and I remember that very same day, and why you. Um, turned off the the cards to let you into their services, like the library, because I had tried to return a a library book. (laughs) And same day, kicked out. Like, they were like, bitch, it's you now. (laughs) It's on you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we had to learn the hard way how to survive in New York City as very broke girls, rich Mm -hmm. in spirit, broke in pockets. Mm -hmm. Um, And we moved to the upper, upper east side, Based on an ad that I'm at before. I mean, it literally said that. Like, this was when Craigslist was all the rage. <laughs> yeah. And you could legitimately find housing there, which I feel like today is like, you found your house where? On Craigslist. Excuse right. me? Um, but instead of saying East Harlem, it said Upper Upper East Side. And even in the moment, I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's two months free rent, so I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think you also have to hit the beat of where we were living before that. Go for it. Because we graduated, you know, the big celebration was at Yankee Stadium, but just a few blocks down the road in the Bronx, we were living in a one-bedroom apartment. Crystal had the bedroom. Amabit and I shared the living room. We had our mattresses next to each other, and we would roll from one bed to the other. I'm coming over! Whoop! 
<laughs> it was very fun. And um, but it was it was a trill, it was a trill existence. It was, it was. So it was like literally down the street from where we were having this prestigious graduation. But we was in the hood. We are already slumming. Absolutely. I mean, I remember that we were off the D train, Walton Avenue, 164th, and there's a tunnel when you come out that MTA train. Mm. And there the news reported that in that trash can at that exact train stop, there were body parts found. Um, that was about like two months in for me. Um, but I welcomed you all because, you know, I needed you guys. We, and we needed you. We Shit. needed each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. if we moved from there. In, we needed clearly three bedrooms. We had to get out of this one-bedroom <laughs> situation. So we moved on down to uh, the upper, upper east side. The upper, upper east side in East Harlem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talk about the miles a little bit, Chandra. What were the miles like? Yeah, the miles was a refurbished project building. Um, it was 33, was it 32? 32 stories. Mm -hmm. um, really lovely view. However... Half the building was really still the projects, essentially. They had, you know, uh, updated a few of the units, right, mm -hmm. for the artists. artists. Because artists, artists are always the first gentrifiers because we're broke. We, you know, we come in. We just need somewhere to live. Mm -hmm. um, and we bring the vibes. We, yeah, we do bring. And we did bring the vibes to the, to the miles. We brought the vibes. However, the building was a fucking mess. It was, it was outrageous. There were four elevators on any given day, only... One or no elevators would work. We lived on the 30, 30, 31st, yeah, yeah, 31st floor. And so we would oftentimes have to walk up 31 flights of stairs. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just so bad when my mom came to visit. And my mom is very uh, Ungawa Black Power. And so when she came and and there was a long line because people would wait for the one elevator. So it would be a line all the way around the it corner. Was the 405. Yeah, it was the 405 <laughs> to get up in this bitch and get in the elevator. And my mom, she just was like, why are you letting these people treat you like that? They only treating you like that because you're letting them. You need to you need to rise up. And I was like, mom, nobody want to hear that. These people don't want to hear this shit right now. Okay, they just want to stand in line and get their Lucy's. Um, it was a horrible building. It was a horrible mm -mm, maintenance request. I mean, it was a slum. You you would make a it request. In. It's a slum. No, nobody, nobody would come do something. Lovely people lived in that yeah, building. But the, what, the people who maintain that place. Right. Ooh, straight straight to hell Absolutely. with you. And I will mm -hmm. say that, you know, we talk about the struggle, but we also talk about the magic. I would say a magical moment in this building was we had a really epic housewarming. And we, sure we had our artist, white, rich NYU friends come up to this building, mixed with our, our friends from the block. We had made friends with the security guard downstairs. They came up. They came he was up. smoking up with us. Both the, of them. Yeah. No, no one, no was, one was guarding the, the desk. No one was watching the door. <laughs> They all came up. We had an epic night. Everyone still talks about that party, um, you know, and then that was also the place yeah. where we had our epiphany and got our idea for the show that we created, the web series, Downtown Girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was there. It was literally, let's use this experience and turn lemons into lemonade and talk about this ghetto-ass existence. Because we, we went from being privileged NYU students one day to literally broke, eat, like, uptown living artists waitresses absolutely. to be honest absolutely mm -hmm. we always said we eventually ended up pitching this show the web series became a calling card you know we'll get there but we love to say this period in time was what we wanted was the wire i'm sorry what we wanted was sex in the city but what we got was the wire, the wire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was that was life Bam, yep. um and then you know that leads us to you know the shootout of my bit so okay <laughs> Before we even get to that, we have to really set the scene here yes. of what it takes to be an artist, a 20-something-year-old artist in New York City 
it's a lot of delusion. <laughs> That's what it requires. You need to be out of your fucking mind and have a level of confidence that is just unprecedented. Mm -hmm. It's really the only way you're going to make it. And so remember this delusion as I go into this story. So Chandra and I worked at nightclubs. We were bottle girls. Yeah. So we'd get home like five in the morning. And as she said, you know, sometimes none of the elevators would work. And they'd be like, you just need to walk up the stairs. And I don't know, maybe I had a bad shift or something. I don't know what it was. But today I was like, I'm not walking up these fucking stairs, bro. Like, find me an elevator. Y'all always find an elevator when someone needs to come and look at an apartment in this bitch. Y'all clean this place up, mm -hmm. make it look nice. And then once you trap us in a lease, then you get back to your regular scheduled program. Mm -hmm. Find me a fucking elevator. And me and him just going back and forth. I'm telling you, there is no elevator. I, you're just going to have to walk. Going back and forth. Next thing I know, <laughs> this man like runs into the building and a, a man is chasing him. And he sh he starts shooting, and, and, every and everyone gets down. So it's me, the security guard, <laughs> the, the the guy getting chased, and the chaser. And the chaser is shooting, and the security guard gets down. I go over the, the um, excuse me, sir, my elevator, hello? And he's like, if you don't get the fuck down, I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not a part of this. <laughs> This ain't my reality. Not, this is not. I, they they know that like I this this is a pit stop till I get to my real life. She's like I went to NYU, so no, like, like bullets, you bullets, know. You know, the, <laughs> I was in the Matrix or something. Like the bullets was just gonna go around my ass. Like no, this bitch got dreams. Like no, let's get to that man. Dead ass got shot. Was on the floor. He was taking off his clothes. His he was so fucking. His leg was so hot. And I'm like, oh, that's what happens when you get shot. Like, just so fucking clueless. And then the, but the security guard, what does he do? Drag me and put me in an elevator. So, bitch, you did have an elevator. Right. You did have an elevator. You did. And that was the end of it. Sorry that. to that man, but you did have an elevator. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we ended up moving out shortly after. Yeah. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. 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 It was like, I deadass stood up and right. shoot out. Yeah. I mean, that is a lesson, though. I would say that that's a moment of, yes, delusion. But also, I think that audacity in a strange way. I feel like it, it leads me to a question because I think to get through this crazy journey that we've been on, we've had to be audacious at times. So my question to you all is, what do you feel is like your zone of audacity? Like what space do you feel the most audacious in naturally? Obviously we all have areas we would like to be more audacious in. Will you go first? Okay, sure. Um, I will say naturally for me, um, I have like this shameless gene in my body where I don't mind asking for help. And I certainly don't mind making things happen no matter by any means necessary. So like, I think we all have that. But for me, it looks like manifesting, right? Like I will literally be like, all right, um, I, I want to get an apartment in New York City. I Googled, Google is your friend. I literally Googled how to get an apartment in New York City and all these grants came up. And then that's where the hard work came in. Mm -hmm. I had to go stand in the rain to, to be interviewed for this grant. But I ended up getting an apartment in Brooklyn because I decided I'm going to do the thing. I don't care how hard it is. That's where my eyes are set. And I have the audacity to, to, to follow through with that. When you bought your apartment. Yeah. 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 So I, but I think I do that a lot. I, I, I will Google things. And then make them happen. I'll just be like, I'll, <laughs> I'll backwards plan it. I'll be like, all right, how do I get it? <laughs> all right, now I'm going to find the way on Google. <laughs> Google spells. Yes. 
I would probably say, you know, back when I used to party a lot, I really had audacity mm. when it came to the door. Yeah. Like, I wasn't waiting on nobody's line. She was the nighttime That was girl. not, mm-mm. I wasn't waiting on nobody's line. And especially if I had to go somewhere at a restaurant and I'm spending money. Yeah. Don't make it hard for me to spend my money. I Just across the board in life, don't make it hard for me to spend my money. I mean, you still no. kind of... I'm still like that. that. That's I play her. that. Yeah. That's her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. I will go somewhere else immediately. Yeah. You'll bully the door. Yeah, I love yeah, it. She's no, a no, straight... bully the door. Mm-hmm. I, like, I will, every little, everything I have to pull out, because I'm not, I can stay home at the end of the day. Like, I can be in my house. Yeah. I don't have to be here. Yeah. So if somebody invited me here and I decided to show up, yeah. you're not going to have me outside, bro. Absolutely. No, we we definitely had an era of nighttime. I think New York was nighttime. Oh, yeah. LA, oh, yeah. LA's daytime, New York was the night. I used to say, like, yeah, I live in New York City. I party, and every now and then I go to this thing called class. <laughs> but that's yeah. just sometimes. Right. But the streets was where I was at. We was in the streets. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think, I think I'm probably most audacious in my personal relationships. Mm. Um, I think because I love hard I fully expect to be loved very hard. And so, you know, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just audacious. I, I just think these these things are going to happen. I think everybody around me is going to be very good people um, and generally are, you know, mm-hmm. tight, tight circle, mm-hmm. but very thorough. Yeah. So I think that's mm-hmm. where, you know, and I'll tell somebody, don't don't break my heart. And they don't. Oh, that is yours. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, anybody Rule number do. one. Don't Rule number one. Heart. Don't break my heart. Do, do, do whatever else you need to do. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck around and break my heart because I don't know how you had to come back from that. I'm not playing with that. Yeah. You know? And, and you're dead to me. Um. Okay, great. So that's awesome. I would say let's transition to the LA life. So around, you know, that time we did move to West Harlem. We had some stints, but let's let's move on to the next big struggle journey, which was that transition to LA. I will let uh, you two obviously came to LA before I did, but Amebit, do you want to talk about your first day in LA? <laughs> Damn, I just got all the horror stories. <laughs> like, let's put it to this bitch for trauma. Um, well, first, let's say that like we we moved out here to launch our web series. So, like, mm-hmm. let's kind of set the tone of like career mm-hmm. in addition to personal life. Like um, the two years out of college that we spent in New York City, we spent that developing this series because we had decided that we were going to really take our careers into our own hands and tell our own story, created a web series called Downtown Girls about four broke NYU grads hustling to make it in New York City. By any means necessary. You know, clearly our life. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're like, we're going to move to LA and this is going to be our calling card. And so... I, Chandra moved out here first. She literally yep. moved on Halloween. Yes, I did. <laughs> I moved. In a, in a hurricane. Yes, in a yeah. hurricane. Sandy. We had a dinner in New and York yep. right mm-hmm. before you left. Yep, it was the only flight that made it out that day coming to LA, and I actually had to land in Long Beach. But I felt like that was like God's, because I still have that plane ticket, wow. you know, because I just felt like, whoo, this is the only one getting out. God it's magical, you, you know? God yeah. physical? Mm, I got my physical oh, ticket. Wow. Mm-hmm, my memory box. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, God's trying to tell me something. Yep, so I came out here first, but just like three months before you, yes, because I came yeah. in October, you came in January. January. And I, you know, t- attempted to set the tone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tried. Yeah, you got our apartment. I tried, but it was really hard for me then because I just felt, I felt so alone, you know, like in terms of, because I didn't, I didn't have my, I didn't have my girls. And so we had, we had become such a mm-hmm. little family, family unit at that point because all we really had was each other. So it was like, 
okay, I'm out here. I'm trying to like lay foundations, but it was so hard. And I'm like, ooh, when the Mevy gets here, we ain't going to have shit. But, you know, but we, what we did, what I did get was I went and I saw that apartment that they would not let me get on my own because I did not have a job. And we foolishly thought we were going to be able to move across the country without employment. But, like, people do that shit every day. Like, yeah. I'm just so confused as to why things had to be hard for us. We literally had to have someone, <laughs> like, uh, well, pretend to hire us from their nonprofit yeah, organization yep. and, like, yeah. <laughs> just basically put their, their uh, letterhead on a, a, a fake-ass letter saying, yeah, they are employed by We us. had to falsify employment letters to get an apartment in Los Angeles. And you know, it was never late on the rent. I want that to be known. It was never late, even never. without a job. So yes, yeah, so I was laying the foundations. But then Amanda did come in January and I picked her up from the airport. Yes, that was such a great... You, I, literally, I remember you were like, what is the first song you want to hear in LA to kick off this journey. What was it? Uh, Can't Tell Me Nothing, Kanye West. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. good Kanye. Wait till I get my money right. Oh, that was, man. I'm telling you, that man got me through my 20s for real. He did. Um, and so I crashed at your place mm -hmm. where you were staying with. Yeah, with your, was my then boyfriend now. Now husband. But yes. Mm -hmm. um, and I fell asleep early because I was jet lagged. And I fell asleep on the couch, and I remember waking up maybe just a couple hours after you guys had already gone to bed, mm -hmm. and I went to the guest room, and I didn't grab my purse. I remember this, because I generally always take my purse with me, but I'm like, this is, I'm safe. Like, this is my family. So I left my purse, went into the guest room, and then like a couple more hours later, I heard some like shuffling, got up, thought to come out. But I was like, I'm so fucking tired. I just went back to sleep. Mm. <laughs> and then I woke up in the morning before y'all. It was like maybe 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, I come out and I'm looking for my bag and I, I don't see my bag. And I'm just like, what the? F oh, maybe Chandra took it into the bedroom with them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm like looking around and I see that the front door is ajar. And I'm like, I know at this time y'all smoked cigarettes mm -hmm. at that time. And I was like, oh, maybe they went out. But I'm like, I know it's L.A., but like they could have closed the fucking door when they right. got back in the house. Like, what? what is this? Like, they forgot <laughs> where they came from. And I'm like, I'm like, mm, no, some shit ain't. Y'all wake up. Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. We got robbed. Like, did y'all open the door? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And ran out and saw the door open. Her purse was gone. My purse was gone. Bashir's watch was gone. It was the watch that he had bought himself when he got nominated for an Emmy. So it was like so. It was like his, you know, his little special gift to himself. Fucking crackheads. Yeah. So and and all your everything documents, your ID, everything. It's so funny that we're talking about this today because <laughs> my passport got stolen again. And before we started oh. shooting, I was on the call on the phone for four hours with the United States government trying to get a new passport. And she's only getting that passport. Um, but yeah, so. I, in my, you know, rationale, I was like, I'm not going to put things that matter to me in my suitcase because the airlines have lost my shit many times. I'm not going to put it in my boxes because UPS be losing my shit. Yeah. Anything that I truly care about, I'm going to put it on my person. Every bit of identification that one can think of was in there. Um, anything, you know, designer stuff that I cared about at the time. I was like, I'm going to put it in there. Yeah. Jewelry from my family. Like, like. <gasps> Oh my things God. that I cared about. That's just making me remember the things that were in my in my bag. 
and it seems so trivial now, but like all my my good makeup was in there, and it, <laughs> and it taken me years to assemble because you know when you don't have no money yeah. and makeup is expensive, you gotta invest. And that was so sad. Oh man, I remember being so upset. Yeah. And they, we both had DVF bags, and that yeah. was like that was like my good bag. That was my. It was my good bag, bag too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it Absolutely. was. It was a gift. It's, I didn't buy that bag myself. <laughs> yeah. Ronald got me that bag. And then we rode around and looked I at Viaducts trying to find people who I had said, those I bags. I see a bitch in yellow Prada glasses. I'm fucking her up. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, these are not just basic glasses. Oh like, who took these? Wild time. And I didn't have nothing. They took all my money too. Like my cards, my cat. I, I yeah, my cash. And I had to go to the bank. First, I went to get a license, and they were like, oh, you need ID. But then I'm like, you need ID to get ID? Yep. How do you do this? <laughs> and, right. you know, for anybody ID, in this predicament, it's e the easiest form of ID to get is a passport, because all you need is somebody to swear that you are who you are. So Chandra and I went to the passport office, and she swore that I was a Bayane. Um, Isn't that kind of hilarious though? That like all it takes is someone swearing. Like Cause I yeah, because I had nothing. You could, pay, you could pay someone and be like, "Can you swear for me?" Right. <laughs> and then there was a thank of God. There was a Bank of America across the street, and so I was able to go to the bank and I was like, "Hey, I don't have nothing, but I just need two hundred dollars for my account so I can get something." Right. And he's like, "Well, how can I give you money that I don't even know who you are?" And I'm like. I'm, at this point, I'm bawling in the bank. I'm like, I promise you, there's nobody that will come in here and say with certainty that their name is Amebe Bayene. Like, they're scamming someone else, not me, babe. <laughs> like, not a name like this. <laughs> I am me. And he was like, you know what? It's only $200. If you are a liar, I won't lose my job. He gave me the $200. The passport cost $193. Oh. I had $7 to eat for the day. And we went to 7-Eleven. I got a Starbucks Frappuccino. A taquito and a banana, which I split with Chandra. Oh. And I was so afraid to tell my parents because they weren't, they were a little worried about me moving here. I mean, yeah. coming from the East Coast, they're like, this is huge. Like, are you sure this is what you want to do with your life? And I was so afraid that they were going to say, you know what? We told you so. Pack it the fuck up. Bring it back. But I just couldn't. I, I needed like emotional support in this moment. So I called my dad. And I told him what happened. And to this day, like, it, it stays with me, like, what he said to me. He was like, they took your material things. That's one thing. Don't let them take your dream. That's everything. Um, Bacho. Um, Bacho with the mic drop. You really did that. Well, you know what? Let's, let's, let's talk about dreams for a second. Because after this, you know... A beautiful part of our pit stop is, you know, season two of Downtown Girls, the web series, landed at LA Film Festival. You yeah. all got invited as directors of said uh, series. And guess what? We we got that ensemble best comedy. And that is when the industry in certain ways found us. Like, you know, people started to reach out. So we had someone cold email from our website um, that had been at LA Film Festival. Yasmin Harmozy, she's a real one, um, and was like, I want to meet with you guys. And at that time, she was like, you know, let's have a general. And we didn't know what generals were. We thought- at all. I was we, like, oh, does, did, I, did I make it? Do I get paid now? Yeah, we like, thought right. that we booked the job. I'm so tired right. of Because you, I know you, you grew up in a real office. You're <laughs> right. like, ooh, they offer you water. Ooh. Right. Ooh. Yeah. And so we uh. met with her and she led us through. She she wasn't the right fit for what we were looking well, for. Well, she did features. She and yeah. yeah. She was like, what do you guys want? And I'm like, nobody's ever asked us what the fuck we want. Like, yeah. We have been 
fucking clawing our way yep. right. through this damn Struggling. industry. Yep. And I'm like, maybe a third season on YouTube. And she's like, you're not dreaming big enough. And I'm just like, oh, wow. That's okay. Audacity. Mm -hmm. Have some audacity to dream. Um, and I was like, well, I guess in a perfect world, you know, without adversity, maybe like a show on TV, but like, who's going to give, this is before Issa had a show, like yep. who's going to give three black girls a show on TV? Like that's far fetched. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's not like, that's beautiful. I do features, but let me connect you to people who do TV. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about Catherine Lodge? Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, she asked us if we had representation and we did not. I mean, <laughs> We oh, had, oh, oh, no, I'll use this is a whole about Agent Orange. Yeah, no, I'm talking about when you know, I had like a commercial agent at that point in time, but like they weren't legit, really. I mean, bless their hearts. They, I think I went out for one audition my entire time with them, and it was for double dutching. And I'm an incredible double dutcher, so I don't even know how I didn't book that. That was some bullshit. I still like to speak to the casting director about that one, <laughs> um, and so. But did not have any legit agency. Also, my commercial agency, they fired me after I didn't book that Double Dutch audition. So, uh... <laughs> That's wild. That was really savage. Cutthroat, okay? Yeah, A black right. girl that can't Double jump Dutch for so your life. Much. Yeah, like, nothing was... Nothing, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't happening that way. Um, yeah, and so she asked, you know, do we have representation? We were like, no. And, um... So she hooked us up with a friend of hers, Catherine Lodge, who was an assistant mm -hmm. at a management company. And, I mean, this girl, she was just incredible. Like, she was yeah. so hungry and just her hunger met ours, mm -hmm. you know, because at that time, like, I feel like when you and I first got out here, like, we really had to be pit bulls and Rottweilers, mm -hmm. you know? Like, we really had to go after everything. We would spend, we would wake up and spend hours, you remember this, spending hours on the computer looking for internships. Mm -hmm. Like, at one point, I feel like you had three and I had two. Like, we had so... We were just trying any way to break into mm -hmm. this industry. Like, mm -hmm. and we, some of these internships is only paying us in meals, mm -hmm. right. you know, but we were doing whatever. So when Catherine was like, you know, you guys, you want to sign with us? We was like, shit, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is amazing. And, you know, through her, we got our agency. Yeah. Um, because it was her, room she, her roommate at the time was the daughter of a producer mm -hmm. who helped us develop our first pitch. Yep. And they introduced us to their agents. Yeah, and so yeah. we signed with Paradigm and things kind of went up from there. We actually were able to develop that pilot. like, And we learned how to pitch and we literally took it out to Elizabeth Banks. And it's so fascinating. I feel like part of the magic of us selling our shows is people get it immediately um, when they want it. And and she literally in that room, she said, we were telling all these life hacks about making it in New York. She was like, Elizabeth Banks was like, oh, I can I can one up you. Like, oh, yeah, because ours was yeah. um, by putting up with the with popsicles, popsicles, getting high mm -hmm. and putting popsicles when on our naked when body. Hot out. Because we didn't have AC. Yeah. And put popsicles on it's your body. hot as fuck in the Bronx. Yeah. yeah. And Elizabeth <laughs> Banks was like, oh, I, I got you beat. She was like, do you know about freezer sheets? And we were like, what? She was like, if you free if you freeze your sheets for a day or two. Then you can lay them on your body and you'll be cool if you don't have it of heat, right? So obviously that was her struggle days. Um, and we you know, got along, you know? So we made that uh, and officially sold that to TBS. And I don't know, was there anything like magical about that for y'all? Like, obviously that was a huge win. I think like afterwards we learned a hard lesson, which is just because you sell a pilot doesn't mean it goes to series. And, you know, we had to understand the rules of that game. 
Um, I mean, everything about it was magical. Yeah, everything. It was everything. Everything about that moment. You got flown out for the first yes, time. Yes, I got flown out because you were still living in New York. Yes. They flew you out. They put you nice up in a hotel. hotel. Everything about it felt like okay, we are on the brink, and that was reassuring because mm-hmm. it's like to be, you know, to be doing this work is yeah, it requires a lot of sacrifice, and it's when you know when you're on the end where all you're seeing is sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. You're like okay. Did I make the right choice to pursue this? Like I need, I need something. I need something. I need a hit. I need a hit. Not you know. And so, and that was the moment where it was like, oh, thank you, God. Like, okay, I've made the right choice. I've made the right choice. You know what I'm saying? I've indebted myself and my parents for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm walking in my life path. So right. it was everything about that was magical. It was like, oh, I can feel it now. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Yeah. And I think what was especially magical about that time versus like the the next three pilots that we went on to sell was that we weren't yet jaded and like right. worn down by like industry mandates and just industry yeah. talk in general like we were so green yes. and that it just was so colorful yes you know, we were just ourselves. Yeah. We went into rooms and we didn't give a fuck about what you thought about us. Right. We were cursing. We were just like, yeah. it wasn't about like- We were having a kiki. We were, right. We, we were, were just it. like, you get to be here. Like, yeah. you're welcome. Right. The we, fuck? Were, we were cracking ourselves the fuck Versus up. like yeah. Googling who's this exact? Have I met them? Do I like, oh, have we worked on something together? Like right. getting real political. Do they, do they buy the types of things that I sell? Mm. Right. 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 Yeah. And it's like, you need the savvy, but that authenticity was, I think- you know, if we we talked about how NYU kind of like, you know, NYU was a time that could beat some of your authenticity and your confidence out of you. But I feel like we have found our, it confirmed that this was the way forward and that our way, doing it our way was the way to do it. Like it was like, no, being yourselves is the win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And we were pitching a story that was our lives. Right. So we right. knew it inside and out. Yeah. And if there were questions, it wasn't like, well, what would this character do in this? It was, like, yeah. it was me. It was what would really, I do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think yeah. it was, there's a bit of a blessing in that being like having that be our first show mm-hmm. versus, you know, this, the magical realism show that we had at NBC of mm-hmm. like, oh, these are proper characters like yeah. I have to really think about what this character would, would be do. doing mm-hmm. and that's an extra s- step of preparation of like okay what kind of questions are they going to ask me where does this story go versus if someone is like oh yeah so like in season two where is where is Chandra going to be well for real in in life Chandra right. uh-huh. <laughs> exactly was waiting tables so I think uh you know we've talked about that pilot I would like to say I think one moment in particular on this journey kind of this is a struggle moment. You know, it was, this wasn't necessarily after we sold this pilot. I believe it was before. It was when we thought we had uh, gotten to a deal with Pharrell. Um, and we thought we had, so, so what happened was I met with his team. We were kind of interested in doing branded content. And like, we were just like interested in all the ways. Whatever, whatever people, whatever people wanted us to do. We, was interested. we, was we just wanted to work. And hungry. So, he, this guy told me in the meeting, you guys are, you know, it. Like, this is what he's looking for. This is the voice he wants, right? It was like a sold in the moment thing, right? So then he was sending us, I believe, like, they were like, we're going to send you paperwork, this and then that. So we were like, oh my God, like, we really fucking, we're going to, we're going to work with Pharrell. This is, we made it. Like, you know, um, and then we found out 
that this industry is a savage gutter ecosystem where literally people are always shifting roles, jobs, and funding. And so that whole thing fell apart because um, I believe Pharrell at, at I Am Other, they were like working with Google and they had been funded for this. And then that didn't come through or something. I don't know what happened on that end. Yeah. But, what, but what I do know, <laughs> but what I do know is that that man never had the authority to speak on what he was speaking on. And he was making promises that he had no business making. We hadn't. And known, I know that sign. because of that man, I cried in my shower. Not Pharrell, the man who the man. gave us this. No, not, no, not, not, not. No. Handsome Pharrell. No, this man who offered us, who worked at that company, who offered us this position and, and this job. He did. He couldn't. He didn't have a job to give. Nope. <laughs> Sir. No, 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 your lane, no, your place. And I'll forever be mad at that man because I wept in my shower yeah. because I thought we had made it. That was you it. know. I was like, oh my god, this is it. And then when it wasn't, it just it broke my it broke my little heart. It really did. Yeah. But it was good because after that I said, Mm-mm, no matter what they do to me, I'll never cry in my shower again. Mm-hmm. No, 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 mas. Mm-hmm. No. I think that moment prepped us. I think that was before mm-hmm. Downtown Girls was sold. It was. So it actually helped it me. It was a taste. It was a taste of like, okay, yeah. of don't assume, don't put like it <laughs> all in one cart because, you know, you, you will take a step forward. You will have these magical moments, but then things don't always work out how you how you expect. So just be open to the possibilities of things falling apart, but then coming back together right. again. Because like, a no doesn't, a no yeah. sometimes is just not right now. Exactly. Not right here. Yeah. It's yeah. not just no. Yeah. And so that was it's kind of right the, the beauty in that moment of like g- getting back up from that because it was really the first hard punch. And it, yep. it was the first moment where it was like, okay, so how you going to act? You, can you take a, can you going to take a hit take and stand up? You know? Yeah. Or you going to lay down? You know? Absolutely. And so it was, it was definitely, that was the first let me get back up. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, you know, that those are some nice little, you know, stops on our journey thus far. Um, we obviously have had certain wins and we we will continue, we will persevere. But I would say my question to y'all is throughout all of this, what sees you through? And I'll start. I'll yeah. say for me, like, I will say I'm getting to a point now where my perspective is clear and it's it's life first over like the career. Uh, the career, it, it will ebb and flow as we've learned, right? That's the journey. But like, and we'll get to the things we want to get to, but my appreciation level for y'all is very deep. Mm-hmm. And I feel like y'all as my support system and as my sisters is more important than whatever we go through next. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like the fact that that we get to do this and the fact that we get to be here and figure shit out together, for better or for worse, I mean, like, damn, y'all taught me how to be a good partner to my boyfriend because I feel like we've been married first. Like, we were married before anybody else. Like, we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we don't really be having crazy fights, which is wild to me. I think our communication, we have figured out a way to... to Conflict resolved. Thank God. Well, sh- Without like, blowout fights. Like, people, we can't be fighting in our 30s. Now, yeah. we just got to part ways, but we can't be tussling yeah. in our 30s. I'm like, we don't be beefing. Like, no. we, 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 there's something here that, like, is magical. So, I really appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, what about y'all? I would say that it is separating what I do from who I am. Mm. And that yes. took a very, very, very long time. I can honestly say that 
my self-esteem, my confidence, my self-worth was so deeply tied to what I did and how well I did it. Mm. And how well I did it was measured by success and accolades. Mm -hmm. And I would also like discount a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I haven't done shit. And people are like, you have sold three pilots. You're on your fourth pilot. Yeah. And I'm like, well, bitch, ain't none of them went to series. So like, who gives a fuck mm -hmm. about that? And it's like, well, like, what? I need to be able to sit in the glory of what I have in order to even attract more. Yes. You know? Absolutely. If I'm going to sit here and, and discount what I have, like what incentive does God or whatever the, whoever you pray to have to give me anything more? That part. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, now what's the question? Just what sees you through? What sees you through? Okay. Church question. I know it really is, <laughs> right? And I'm like Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Obviously, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, this is probably I think the thing that sees me through is um the love and light of my family. And that's not only blood but chosen. Um the way the way people light the way the people who love me light up when they see me lets me know I'm I have something, you know, lets me know. Um the if it, it, it feeds me and it, it nourishes me in a way that allows me to then start to feed myself mm -hmm. and, you know, sustain. And I think even more since having children, mm. right? Like the way my children look at me, mm. you know, like Oh, God, it, I'm so, I mean, it's so good. Um, so if there's any point where I just feel like so down about something or so just like, ugh, just seeing them and seeing how powerful they think I am. And I'm like, well, shit, I better be that. You know, I better be that for these children. Mm -hmm. um, so I think right now, yeah, it's my, mm -hmm. it's the people who love me and especially them babies mm. yeah mm. maybe you had said something a while ago to me you were like there are different eras uh, like I think it came from a Viola Davis quote or something but like essentially like um at certain times in your life you'll do things for different parts of you mm -hmm. right like for example you at a certain age right like you know um and I feel like right now the time that I'm in when I want to reaffirm that what I'm doing matters, I think about myself and I think about myself on a different part of my journey, like maybe me at 13 or 12 and like 12 year old Crystal and mm -hmm. just being like, damn, at that time, like feeling really unseen and very much in some, like it was the first time I went to a white school. I had gone from a black school to a white school and I was like, ew, fuck. Like I was just like, oh, I feel so gross here. Like, and I really do keep that in mind because that little girl, that teenage girl, she was ballsy and she had so much to say um, and she had all these dreams, but she also had that grit and that underdog quality of like, nah, I'm going to show you. If you don't get it, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to show you. Yeah. Um, and, and that helps yeah. me, you know, at 
34. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, Do you ever remember where you sit, though, and they're rare, but they're really nice, where you're like, damn, I really am living my dream. Yes. yes. Yeah. I yes. remember, like, when I when we first moved out here, yes. and my goal, I was like, I don't know, I'm not even thinking about, like, wealth and success. I just don't want to be a waitress no more. God, <laughs> that is really what I'm asking. I just don't want, it's not fitting my personality. I don't heart. fucking have it in me. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I could just sustain myself on my art, that is success to me. Mm. And then I got to that place, and I'm like, "All right, well, shit, we need to get to the next level." Yeah, it's always the next, and I'm like, "Well, is this gonna be my life?" Can't I'm be. just always gonna the next. I the hope next, not. I, the I, next? I hope not. I'm not claiming that for me. I, no, I, I don't know. I think she's. No, that's, 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 that's like that in, not healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, claro, claro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, this cannot be my life. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we got to live in the dream that we're sitting in. And we're sitting in one right now. Our yeah. our teenage selves would be proud of us. Like, let's remind ourselves of that, too. You know? Yeah, mo- mostly my yeah. teenage self wanted to marry Andre 3000. <laughs> so, okay. she may okay, well, be, you know, no, there's no, not hope. No. I love, that's I love, my last I love year my self future. is proud of me. Absolutely. And that's the way forward. That's what we doing, baby. Affirming. Okay. So, okay. Let's transition um, to a fun little segment called Bootleg Fabulous. So this segment is about all the life hacks that we are pros have learned through this struggle um, of just like kind of getting by, right? Like on, when you broke, but you cute, you know, and you just got to figure it out. Um, so I guess in particular, I want to throw out to y'all since we talked about our journey in New York and making work, I think it could be cool to ask when we were making season one of Downtown Girls, the web series, yes. what were some life hacks that we used? Because I will dare say we definitely asked for forgiveness, not permission, that entire shoot. Uh, I had to. You know, um, I will speak and just say for those of you out there that are aspiring and want to break into this industry, like you got to have a different level of, again, back to audacity, back to balls. Like you got to have almost like a... The word isn't being a taker, but it's it's being assertive and not passive, right? Because we literally just shot our whole season one without permits. And we, when I tell you, we were on the train. We were on the train in New York City without permits. We were in Central Park with like 50 extras. Um, but what were other life hacks that we had for that that time in terms of creativity? When you're first starting out, what are ways to be resourceful and clever? You got to be everybody. <laughs> you're a boom yeah. Oh yeah. You're uh you reading lines off camera if the the person on the other end of that scene couldn't come today, mm-hmm. we're going to pick them up later. Like, <laughs> yeah. But right now we're going to do what we got. Um we were crafty, we were transpo, we were uh grips, we were gaffers, we were DPs, we were it we were everything. Mm-hmm. Learning on the fly. Yeah. You yeah, you got to be clever with a quarter. You know, you you got to be clever. We tried to find people who had their own equipment. If they didn't, you know, we tried to do things. I feel like on the weekends, it was like cheaper because you yes, would get it for the longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would, and holiday weekends were, were bombed too. You get an extra day. For rentals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, clothes. Yeah, you got, we got where to return them things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We, yes. we designed your whole dollar bill dress that time. Yeah, we did. We sure did take that thing back to Bloomingdale's. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Lots of buy-in return. Lots of buy-in Lots of buy-in return. Hey, and stores don't like it. You know, stores, they don't love it. 
But you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You're fighting for your life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we got really clever with props. I feel like, you know. Oh, that was mine. Mm-hmm. such a beautiful time. You, loved, yeah. you were making the props. Lots prop. of favors, yeah, lot too, of for locations. Yep. Like, you know, the good thing about working in uh, hospitality we had access to restaurants and clubs yes. mm-hmm. and people just let us shoot in the in the daytime that mm-hmm. didn't like conflict with their business hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I think is, is an important thing too, is just like verbalizing your dream. People will get on board, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes and, and help yeah. you because sometimes it is it's nothing for them to help you. It's so, such a small thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it means everything. everything. It means yes, everything. the world. But for them it's like this is a drop. You know, it's a drop yeah. in a bucket. And Absolutely. it might not be monetary, but it is stuff like, yeah, you could film there. Yeah, you could use this. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah, I'll I'll give you a ride with your with your equipment. I'll drive you up. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I will say, I feel like we were always very good. I think we we're more audacious than we realized because I feel like there were moments when we would say things like We'd have writers. We had a mini writers room before we knew what a writers room really was. Yeah. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We would be having meetings with each other and being like, "Oh, I have a pitch. Like, I have a pitch for a great idea, right?" I know other people in their early 20s that weren't even using that language yet. They were they were too um, shy or timid about their ideas. They would say things like, "I don't know. I think I have an idea," or mm, "Maybe it's this." And it's like we never spoke like that to each other. Mm. We were always very clear about who we were supposed to be be becoming, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in our language with each other, we practiced it very, very young. Um, and, and I there think was also that a learning curve, though. Yeah. Like, I, I would, I can say that I learned um, the art of putting something on the table if you're taking something off of the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? In, in our little writer's mm-hmm. room, mm-hmm. you know, it's not uh, sufficient to just say, I don't like that. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, if you don't like that, what are you well, bringing to the table? How can you make it better? Yeah. And if yeah. you can't make it better, then this is what we got. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's sure. great for team building. That's curve. great for morale. Mm-hmm. And also, like, confidence. Why would you want to just shoot down someone's shit? Right. And now they're like, well, I fucking suck. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that growing place. What's the growing energy to, like, add and build to everything as we create ideas? Yes, and. Yes, and. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is bringing us up to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Um, you can find us on social. Um, you can find me at at underscore Chris Chris. Uh, at Chani. Adam Ebbett Bayonne. And you can find all of us at, un- at Unglamorous Truths. Find Unglamorous Truths with the Downtown Girls wherever podcasts are streaming. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs>